2: This is Dominic Carter, everybody, on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
3: And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Coming up a bit later in the hour, we are going to talk to New York City's new nighttime mayor. His name is Jeffrey Garcia. And we are awaiting his call for a little bit later. We'll talk to him about helping the city's nightlife. I don't know what it's going to take, but we have got to return to being a law and order city. An NYPD sergeant slashed by a man with mental problems, in the head, slashed in the head. This is the situation that we're dealing with, folks, right? And this this little tone that you hear, you folks think I'm joking. Whenever my blood sugar is up or down one way or the other, this thing goes off, whether I want it to or not. Don't they know that I'm live on the radio right now? Libre 2, don't you know that? And so I try to turn it down. I try to turn it down. But, but Tony, it just, uh, you know, it still doesn't work. Look, be glad it's working because your health is important. Okay? Health is wealth. But, but. but, It is what it is. Yeah, but. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you, Tony. Well, anyway, an NYPD sergeant slashed in the head by a man with mental problems, Slashed with a machete. Four NYPD officers were wounded by an unhinged New Yorker, or I should say New Yorkers, because two separate attacks Monday, one involving a machete wielding madman who slashed a sergeant across the head in Brooklyn. In the first attack, three cops were sent to the hospital after responding to a report of an emotionally disturbed man inside an East Flatbush apartment on New York Avenue. This happened around 3.30 p.m. And as officers spoke to family members inside the home near Beverly Road, the 40-year-old allegedly slashed a police sergeant. I mean, can you believe this? Across the side of the head. With the machete, two additional cops were cut in the wrist and shoulder while they attempted to put the man under arrest. The three officers taken to Kings County Hospital in stable condition. The suspect is in custody, charges pending. And uh, a little more than an hour later, a fourth NYPD officer was injured by another Disturbed New Yorker at a Manhattan subway station and that incident folks, an MTA worker flagged down cops after a disorderly man was being combative with a group of teenagers inside the 42nd street, Bryant park station around four 45 PM. According to police, the officers attempted to remove the man from the subway station, but he became irate and punched one of them and the left, side of the face. City Council, I hope you hear this, slashed one officer in the head with a machete, wounded two others with the machete, and then in Manhattan, an officer punched in the left side of the face. It is uh, unbelievable. We've got to find a way to get back into law and order. Then, a man was upset. That he was told to stop urinating on a car. And what does he do? He slashes the neck of a New York City church caretaker who confronted him. In other words, the man that said it's indecent to urinate in public, the man that cut him basically said, How dare you? and slashed him in the face. A box-cutter-wielding stranger stabbed the man, the man 66 years old, who confronted him for urinating on a car in the East Village. This happened a Sunday, leaving the wounded man clinging to life. Unbelievable. Today is the primary in New Hampshire. Republican presidential rivals Donald Trump and Nikki Haley accusing each other of being darlings of the establishment, and their final pitches to New Hampshire voters ahead of the state's primary. The two are locked in a one-on-one fight to become the nominee, but as I said to you folks, uh, this race is over. We're just going through, through the system, if you will. Trump is the nominee. There's no doubt about it. And uh, by the way, Trump is averaging 54.9% compared to Haley's 36.7% in the first in the nation primary state per real clear politics. That's a uh, calculation. If you don't believe me on crime, well, Dominic, you're being overdramatic. Well, in California, in Oakland, they are losing their in and out burger. Guess why? Oakland is losing its In-N-Out burger, and the restaurant
4: is blaming crime. In-N-Out's chief operating officer tells ABC7 that customers and associates of the Oakport Street location are regularly victimized by car break-ins, property damage, theft, and armed robberies. He says the store is still profitable, but safety is their top priority. Employees will be transferred to nearby locations or receive a severance package. The store's last day of business will be Sunday,
3: March 24th. And if you listen carefully to that television news report, it's making money. That's not the issue. The issue is the crime. Another issue this morning, Donald Trump's defamation trial, uh, in terms of uh, because of COVID exposure, it was canceled. The proceedings in the E. Gene Carroll's $10 million case moments after the former president arrived, uh, judge Lewis Kaplan canceled today's proceedings because of quote COVID exposure. The former president, uh, who wasn't wearing a mask, told the judge that, uh, that is his lawyer, that she had dinner plans with her parents. Uh three nights earlier, and that they had tested positive for the uh, virus. A jury is set to decide how much in damages, damages Trump must pay E. Gene Carroll after, after he was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation against the former magazine writer and advice columnist last year. Carroll is seeking $10 million. Trump's lawyer asked the judge to postpone the trial. Cannot believe something like this is going on until Wednesday, since the president, former president, will not be able to attend Tuesday. Guess why? The New Hampshire presidential primary. One mother is fighting back, fighting back. Her daughter was allegedly killed by migrant MS-13 members And she's suing the Department of Homeland Security for $100 million. And I say bravo to her. The mother's name is Tammy Nobles, the mother of 20-year-old Kayla Hamilton. And in the suit against the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Health and Human Services, she says that they failed her daughter, By allowing an unidentified, sound familiar, El Salvadorian, MS-13 gang member from El Salvador into Maryland. Here's what the mother had to say, Tammy Nobles, in a television appearance.
4: I want everyone to know what is going on at the border. I had no clue what was going on before my daughter was brutally murdered and raped, but I do now. And I found the story is just so mind-boggling on how nobody at the border did their job and checked his background, Made all they had to do was make one phone call to El Salvador to, to know that he was an MS-13 gang member on the list. And it's just crazy how he got from Texas all the way to Maryland to being in the same trailer
3: as my daughter sue mom sue and i hope you're successful uh, it's going to be tough to win against the feds against the uh, federal administration but go for it by the way immigration has surged past inflation as the top issue facing the nation according to a harvard caps harris poll that was released monday the survey found that 35 percent of registered voters now rank immigration as the country's number one concern, jumping seven points since last month. Let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. Still a lot of stories to brief you on. I haven't gotten to the uh, Madam District Attorney of Fulton County yet, but it's coming. Boy, it's a doozy going on in Georgia. And it couldn't happen to a better person for the way that she went after Trump. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And Mr. Trump says, uh, with DeSantis now out the race, that it is, quote, highly unlikely DeSantis will serve a role in his administration if Mr. Trump is elected this year, this is what Trump said to Fox News as it relates to DeSantis.
0: Well, it's probably unlikely, but, you know, I have to be honest, Is everything's a possibility, but I think it's highly unlikely. I have a lot of great people and I have great people that have been with me right from the beginning.
3: That's going to be interesting, and uh, DeSantis, as I've been saying, folks, just ran a horrible campaign. He wasn't ready to take on Trump, and he learned the hard way that you better come correct when you come up against the uh, former president. So now, Madam District Attorney, Madam District Attorney, boy, oh, boy, she's ducking, bobbing, and weaving to get away from that subpoena where she would be forced to give a deposition in her alleged lover's messy and nasty divorce. But listen to this, folks. A judge, right, in the case just hours ago cut off the lawyer for district attorney, Fannie Willis, during the hearing, and a ju- the judge said, let me interrupt you, right? And here's what the judge, as I've been saying to you folks for tonight, Two nights. Here's what the judge wanted to know. Why his client should not be deposed in the prosecutor's divorce case. It really is that simple. So the lawyer for the district attorney was going on and on and on a million and one reasons why she should not be forced to give a deposition in uh, this messy divorce. And again, the judge cut off her lawyer, right? And the uh, we all know that she is accused of having an affair with the special prosecutor, Wade. And uh, the district attorney was scheduled to give a deposition in the case today, Tuesday, but the judge delayed that ruling until Wade himself is questioned later this month. So during a brief hearing at the Cobb County Superior Court Monday, the district attorney's lawyer argued that his client shouldn't be deposed because she's just too busy with other legal matters, including, most importantly, the election interference case involving Trump. The lawyer went on, and I wish I had a violin right about now. The lawyer went on to say the district attorney manages a staff of 360-plus lawyers and staff. She oversees 20,000 open cases. She coordinates on a monthly basis at least 500 or more cases. And then her lawyer said, of course, the most recognizable issue is she's dealing with the Fulton County election interference case involving former President Trump. At that point, the judge cut off her lawyer and said to narrow your arguments as to why Willis, Madam District Attorney, would lack unique personal knowledge, that's a quote, in the divorce case, given that she is implicated in the extramarital affair allegations. Translation, the judge, the, the her lawyer, the district attorney's lawyer, is giving a million and one reasons why she should not be forced to give a deposition. And just like I said on the microphones of this show the last two mornings, the judge said, excuse me, excuse me, uh, it's alleged that she's the mistress so of course she has information that could help this case and I want you to listen to this uh, to this report from the uh, fox station um, uh, or, or Fox in which in which uh, as this relates to the former president and whether or not his team is going to get involved in this.
1: Suffice it to say that they are salacious and scandalous in nature. In court Friday, Donald Trump's Georgia attorney, Stephen Sadow, pondered the idea of jumping on board a bombshell motion that claims District Attorney Fonnie Willis and her special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, were romantically involved. It was filed on Monday by Trump's co-defendant, Michael Roman. Neither Willis nor Wade have responded yet, and Sadow said he'd like to wait and hear what they have to say.
0: It's one thing to adopt a motion that brings up a matter of law. This is different.
1: If Trump and other defendants adopt that motion, whatever the court decides will apply to everyone who joined on. That means if charges are dropped or the case is moved for Roman, it would be for everyone else, too.
3: Interesting. Again, folks, a bit later, I'm going to be joined by Jeffrey Garcia. He's going to be calling in. He's an ex-NYPD detective and business owner himself. And now he's in a different light. Mayor Adams announced his appointment, uh, a short time ago, a few months ago, as, uh, to lead the Office of Nightlife for the City of New York. And so I'm looking forward to an interesting conversation with him. But right now I want to hear from you folks, 800-848-WABC, Eight hundred eight four eight. 9222. Let's begin with Joe, Nassau County. Good morning, Joe. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic.
1: Well, I want to talk to you about like the crime in New York City and the police. Um, first of all, the people I you know, you have a lot of callers that say it's the cops' fault. It's not the police.
3: of course it's it's not anybody that says i'm gonna let you finish joe anyone that says that does not does not understand the political process and i'll explain after you're done go ahead joe
1: well you know and also you know putting your hands on a police sergeant let alone a cop
3: should i tell you what happened back in my day when i was on a job with that perp yeah you know what joe (laughs) you know what joe i i can only imagine it's a I'm afraid to say uh, what I really want to say, but I would hope that it would be. Let's just say this. I would hope that it would be street justice. And and this this mentally ill person didn't just put his hands on the sergeant. He used a machete to slash him in the head and to cut the other two officers.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard. But I'm just saying this. We need to go back to broken windows, all right? When I was on the job, that worked. Okay, under Giuliani and Bloomberg, what we did back in those days, it worked, all right? And the whole city's gone to crap and what? I mean, but under, under you know, um, de Blasio and this guy, it's called the
3: crap i mean uh, i mean what do i say dominic hey hey joe but 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 you know but your civil rights are protected right that that's what the left would say the, your civil rights you know we we want the police to uh fill out reports for everything i mean and you see uh, th- this is why i say to folks and and people get mad at me here at the program that, you know, well, Dominic, how come they won't vote for a Republican? Because they're brainwashed. They're brainwashed to listen to the nonsense and they go for it each and every time. And then they elect these members of the city council that represent no one but themselves. And I can, Joe, I can imagine back in your day what would have happened to this individual. And I'll say it rightfully so. I said it, I meant it. And at least uh, under those types of systems, we didn't have sergeants slashed in the head with a machete.
1: Oh, no, that would have been called a wood shampoo back in my day.
3: And that's, you know, Curtis Lee talks about that quite a bit. And, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Plain and simple, Joe. And so, you know, uh, the the, uh, street crimes unit and so on, the best of the best, the best of the best. And 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 we as a society listen to these uh social workers and I and I like social workers, they saved my life, but but the, we listen to these social workers and now what we barely have plain clothes units on the streets of New York City. I don't I can't think of one unit that's plain clothes. I, I Well mean, you have anti crime you have precinct crime that was
1: disbanded, you have street crime that was disbanded, and you have a mayor that says he was a cop. I, well, I like to see his arrest record. Yeah. I like to see what what kind of calls he made. All the, right, the, he's the
3: street crimes I, I unit. Don't, don't get, was, go ahead, go ahead, Joe.
1: Go ahead. Don't get me started with the uh, Mayor Adams. I never worked for him. I was on the job when he was, and just you know what? I live in Nashville County now. I live in a very nice, quiet town. And that's it. I just had to say what I had to say. The vent what I had to say. All right even though I've retired a long time, I still
3: you know I still go back my days on the streets of new york city right it you know it's it, it's a it's a damn shame the excellent policing that we used to have the excellent policing that we used to have the criminals were afraid, and the criminals were afraid because at any moment a a vehicle could roll up on you. With four individuals, uh, some probably had on a sports jersey, and and they had on a, a their had their they had their badge around their neck, and you were told to assume the position. And if you had a gun or a weapon, you were in deep trouble. And that was New York's finest. Now we have a system where two separate occasions, you got three police officers hit with a machete. And then in Manhattan, you have a situation where an office, two officers try and intervene and another uh, mentally ill individual punches the officer in the face. That's the world that we live in today. It, it, I'm disgusted, Dominic. I don't, you know, I hate to say this. I grew up
1: in New York City. I, I don't step, I, I police the city. I don't step foot in New York City anymore. If I do, I hate to say this, I do carry a firearm. I'm one of those people that is lucky enough. It's disgusting what happened to the city,
3: right? Right, right, right. Well, you know the the only thing that we got left, Joe, and I got to be careful how how I say this. You know, you're you're a, uh, a former police officer, and some of these hoodlums, they're going to roll on the roll on the wrong person. That might be a former New York City police officer, and then and then and then I have to listen to the mother. Oh, he was a choir boy. He did nothing wrong. He was a straight-A student. Give me a break. Joe, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Dominic Carter here with you folks. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to uh, Mimi, Long Island. Good morning, Mimi. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Nikki Haley
4: just won the sixth vote from uh
3: it's still not right that means absolutely Hampshire. it means absolutely nothing it's just the first uh a little past midnight she's not going right. to win the state the race is over no, the race is, there's no probably she's not going to win the state the race okay. is over you know All what right. what 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 you're dealing with right now Mimi is the media it's almost like when there's a football game and it's not really a game and one team is up by 21 points. And you listen to the announcers, and the announcers say, they have a chance when we come back from this commercial break, if they could just score a touchdown on this drive, we've got a game. That's called the announcers hyping something that that there's no real game. That's what we're okay. dealing with right now, Mimi. Thank you for the call. What we are dealing with is a situation where Nikki Haley's Hail Mary at this point is um, – She's the alternative, and and she's fought for that position. So you have to give it to her. She outbeat DeSantis and and Christie and all the others. The alternative, and the alternative role is I'm here in the event that Trump goes down, and uh, you know, like, almost like a uh, a president in waiting. Linda Long Island, good morning. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC.
4: Good morning, Dom. First, I want to say—well, I'm going to say this the last, so I can give you the the laugh, so you'll feel better, okay? Your pressure will go down. Okay. Uh, uh. First, when you were talking about Fanny, you know, none of us would have known anything about it. They would have gone on like nothing happened. You know, creepy Fanny and her creepy boyfriend. Um if his wife didn't open this up, if she didn't file for divorce now and these things are coming out, that's the only way any of us would have know all this. this, this whole uh, disgusting thing would just go on right we wouldn't know anything about it well, you know you have to be be happy for little things right that we know
3: uh you you you, you know what um um <laughs> In this case Linda yes. it's 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 going to be interesting to see what happens but I oh, I I don't yes. see how Madam District Attorney how her career can survive this. Because No, but it's a great it's a
4: great story. I love the story. It's so unbelievable. She must be going crazy, right? She thought you well, know, she's no got,
3: right. she's got she's got right? no one else to blame but herself. I mean of course. Maybe 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 he just swept her off her feet where she oh. didn't pay attention. To anything else uh, i mean right you know seven hundred seven hundred
4: thousand dollars six hundred fifty nine thousand dollars that would sweep anybody up their feet right
3: well i i i don't know i they they both yeah, that's were what very the, he's got
4: they, he's they, getting
3: they they both were very stupid in how they handled oh, yeah. this uh this private very sensitive situation
4: yeah all, all uh-huh.
3: it all it would have taken all it would have taken is uh-huh. uh Madam DA, uh with this tax allegedly, with this taxpayer money that you've given me, um, here's the five hundred dollars. You have to book your own airline ticket. I can't do it because it creates a paper trail. And if if someone ever looks at the paper trail, we are cold busted. And that's where we are today, Linda. But you know, these are
4: not you just these are not brilliant people these are probably two of the dumbest <laughs> I don't know the dumbest people I ever heard it's supposed to be law and law and, and law I don't understand people, mm-hmm. they can get through you know to become uh, uh, well I know it's politics anyway um I was listening to the five o'clock show uh tonight mm-hmm. and they mentioned um they would like someone to come on the show to sing. Well so of course naturally first the person I thought of, my you know, my friend, the great singer. So I'm
3: gonna propose that you go on the show. (laughs) Right. Don't please don't get Curtis Lee worked up. Hey Linda, thank you. Thank you as always for the call. I've got to take a break. I see in the queue here Russ and White Plains is standing by. I'm going to take Russ's call, but I also have to say something to him, and I'm going to say it publicly about some of his past comments. He is on a very, very, very short leash.
4: Time time for
2: for this is dominic carter everybody. Everybody. everybody on talk radio 77 wabc
3: and we are back. Coming up in about fifteen minutes, the city's new nightmare, Jeffrey Garcia, will join me during uh, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. We are awaiting his call. We'll be talking to him soon. We will go back if I, all the lines are lit up, so you can reach me on Twitter, folks, or X, whatever you call it, at Dominic TV. And I want to go to Russ in White Plains. Now, Russ, I want I want to say this to you, okay? I do not mind. Still. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear okay.
2: I know what you're going to say. Okay, uh, okay, no, not okay. Mention. Listen,
3: no, 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 okay. no, no, no. Let me finish. No, I'm not going to mention Israel. I don't okay. mind taking your calls. I I believe Thank in you. taking everyone's call. If you <laughs> say one syllable towards anti-Semitism, <laughs> you will be cut off. in this this Libre, you know, I just turned the phone back on. So that I could see the tweets and the X comments. And don't don't they know I'm on the air live? Don't doesn't Libre Two know that I'm on the air live? Now, Tony, I got to turn the thing back off. Back to you, Russ. If you say one syllable towards anti-Semitism, you will be dumped. The call will be dumped before it airs. You know we have a delay system, so I am begging you. I will take your calls if you even get <laughs> yeah. slick and try one syllable towards anti-Semitism you will be cut off and it's the last time that you will be on this program with me so I hope that you understand the rules go right ahead
2: you know, I understand unless I say what you want me to say about a certain country no I no
3: see, see see, see I, I, here see we well, here we well, go here well, we go here we go about that okay
0: Our country. But, right, I want to talk about the police officer can I speak about the police officer go ahead officer? Go ahead. I mean, I haven't called because I know what you don't want me to talk about. And this is the first time you're talking about something that I can talk about. The police officer who called.
3: This is not the first uh, time you said, called. You called when I was on Frank Marano's show. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, well, because because I, I want to contribute to his ratings and not yours at this point.
3: OK, well, well, then why are you calling? Me? Well, then why are you calling me then?
2: Because this is a topic that you say. You know that what, Russ? You know what,
3: Russ? I'm not feeling this. You're done tonight. You're done. I'm going to try it one more time with you. One more slip up, and you're done permanently. And I mean permanently. Let's go to Jacqueline in Brooklyn. Good morning, Jacqueline. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
5: Good morning, Dominic. Thank you so much for putting me on directly after that other individual. And, you know, before I get into what I wanted to say about crime and these psychotics slashing people and hurting all these innocent people on the street, one thing I forgot to add the other night with regard to the caller that you were just having a conversation with, I know he's on a short leash. And what I forgot to say was I hope he hangs himself with that leash figuratively speaking, of course.
3: I, oh, like, I like that, Jacqueline. Go ahead.
5: <laughs> but what I wanted to say, and I know you're not going to appreciate this, and okay. I'm usually not a violent person, okay. and, and I'm a Catholic, um, and I know a lot of the talk show hosts do not want to incur, uh, encourage violence, but quite honestly, things are to the point where Eric Adams does not want to put his foot down and allow the police officers and the head of the police department to do their job to protect the rest of the people of the city of New York that are innocent. So if enough of these criminals start to encounter, and I I know you spoke about uh, Bernie Goetz, if enough individual citizens take matters into their own hands so that these criminals are taken unawares they do not know who they are going to encounter and attack, this is not going to stop.
3: Well, Jacqueline, maybe you can explain this to me. Not one, not two, three police officers, two and a sergeant in Brooklyn, and you still attack them, and this is not the first time he's done this, with a
5: machete? Because they know they can get away with it. But you hit hit the sergeant
3: in the head with a
5: machete? They can do whatever they want. They're not even going to get a slap on the wrist. So it's a free-for-all. The nuts are running the asylum. The nuts are running the city. And nothing is going to change. As I said, the mayor is not going to put his foot down on the police commissioner to allow the police department to do their job, so it's not going to get done. So the criminals are running amok. Nothing is going to stop. So the citizens have to protect themselves And they have to retaliate against these criminals. I tell you something, Dominic, I would have no hesitation. And this is a little drastic. I mean, you're not supposed to kill someone if they attack you. I would have no hesitation of taking someone's life if they were to come after me to hurt me. Because it's not going to be me that's going to get hurt and that's going to die. It's going to be them. That's the chance they have to take.
3: Jacqueline... um... I I don't know um, how to respond to that uh, because I agree with you 8,000 percent. And I'm and I'm trying to choose my words carefully uh, because um, because I don't want, you know, Dominic advocated that police officers should shoot people. You know, I I don't want to go down that road, but I agree with you. Not 8000, 10,000 percent.
5: Well, the mayor needs to do his job. He's not doing his job. And I know you're going to have the, the nighttime mayor on. We already got a nighttime mayor that's only interested in his nightlife.
3: Let him start doing his job. Interesting. Well, Jacqueline, uh, thank you. Thank you for the call, and you have a great morning. Wonderful, wonderful call. And uh, as it relates to Russ and White Plains, again, I, I will take his call, but but I've just about had it with the nasty tone you know, hating the entire world, everything anti-establishment. And I meant what I said. If he ever says one syllable again, going towards some anti-Semitism, this is the last, that will be the last time that you hear him ever on the Dominic Carter show period end of story. And the comment will be dumped with our delay system before it even gets to air. Will on Long Island, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, I got to
0: tell you, you're like a saint because, I mean... Listen, you want to give Russ another shot, but he's literally insufferable. And every time I hear him, it's like listening to Stan that calls Rita. It's almost like it's it's hard to even listen to them. It's hard for Russ to form a cogent and coherent thought. And as a listener that listens to your show, because I, I like to listen to you, and I will call sometimes because I feel that you're – Educated and knowledgeable, and you have your finger on the pulse of the issues and what's going on, to have to listen to that guy break it up with his. Just absolute idiocy sometimes. I know you want to probably be on the opposite side and debate with the host, but it's not even a debate when you go into it with them. It's just like beating on a side of beef or something, or like punching a punching bag. It's, it's almost like ridiculous to listen to. Unlike when we disagree and we have those spirited exchanges, so much more, much fun. But listen, um, as far as the city's concerned, <clears throat> there's no repercussions for the criminal element that is undermining the entire city we saw it really flourish during the blm riots we saw police being locked in vehicles being locked in police departments people trying to set them on fire set them ablaze we saw police stand down when they watched assaults happen right in front of them people ripped and dragged out of their cars and beaten my children are um you know, they're not teenagers yet. And, you know, I used to be able to take them when they were really little to see, you know, the tree and go ice skating under the tree. And I grew up in the city and, you know, I, I have great memories of the city. I remember the transition from the Dinkin City. I remember, the, you know, the on the cover of Time magazine, the Rotten Apple. And then I remember Giuliani saving the city. And I thought that, you know, 52nd Street, uh, 42nd Street turned into Disney World was going to be uh, a revitalization of the City, And instead, we've just watched a couple of Democrats completely turn the entire thing upside down, like uh, we went back in time, uh, back into the 80s. It's, it's just unbelievable and unwatchable that you could take a city like New York City, the beacon of, 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 of enterprise and, 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 and the mixing pot of the world, and turn it into such a dump that it's almost like by design. It's, it's it's almost like you can't be this incompetent. It has to be. For they, some are. Ulterior they, are. Motive. they
3: are. They are. They have their agenda. Black Lives Matter. That's the agenda. And you're letting those nuts in, black, in their mansions in Black Lives Matter that pimp the American people. They pimp the American people just like the migrants did. Black Lives Matter, the leadership. Now, now you have people out there, Will, that were protesting and felt that they were doing the right thing. But. The the leadership, right? You, you put the baby daddy on payroll, you know, mama's on the payroll, everybody's on the payroll, and look at us now. Look at us Here's now. Here's
0: the difference. Here's the difference with the Giuliani city and what you were allowed to protest in the Giuliani and even Bloomberg's continuation of the policies you were allowed to protest but the minute you did things that were illegal they would arrest you that's the difference between what's going on today you know I remember Reagan uh, talking about you know uh, he said to a bunch of people I think it was about Berkeley and he said to a bunch of reporters and stuff he said when things really went wrong is that when people that know better allowed these young people to believe that as long as they were doing something in the name of so Social justice, that they could do whatever they want and break all the laws. And people that know better should have been the ones to tell them that they can't. I mean, the broken window policies, the stop and frisk. And then we had people targeting and say it was racist. No, it was areas of high crime. That's why these people were being stopped and frisked. It wasn't targeting black people or minorities specifically, but the people they were protecting in those neighborhoods with stop and frisk and broken window in these policies were to be minorities blacks latinos and neighborhoods that were riddled with crime and children that were you know being uh attacked or you know being shot and some drive-by shooting those are the people they're protecting not the people they're targeting So I I just don't understand what Democrats and what the left is thinking. It's almost like they want to tear this city down. And then they're going to turn around when it's like San Francisco and they're living in uh, excrement and feces and urine. And they're like, how did it all happen? Meanwhile, you voted for the policies that put it here and you haven't stopped. Thank
3: you, Will. Greatly appreciated. So the new executive director, of nightlife for New York City is on the line, Jeffrey Garcia. I do apologize to all of you folks that are holding on. We're going to switch gears when we come back to Chronicles of uh, Dominic Carter and talk to Mr. Garcia. But again, we have two incidents within the last couple of hours. And one in Manhattan, a cop, they, this guy's acting up erratic on the train, two cops, he decides to punch one in the face. Then we go to Brooklyn, a, a guy with mental problems. He decides to slash a sergeant in the head with a machete and injure the two other cops, right? Now, notice these police officers had every right to use deadly force. But they didn't. They didn't. And so the police are out here now. They're sitting ducks for these absolute losers that have no life know anything going on positive, and they just want to hurt and injure police officers. That's the bottom line. We've got an NYPD sergeant in the hospital right now slashed in the head with a damn machete in the city of New York. It is disgusting. Time for a break. When we come back, I'm going to be switching gears.
2: These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC.
3: 77 WABC, Dominic Carter here with you. New York City, the city that never sleeps. Our guest right now is not a stranger to this program. He's Jeffrey Garcia, an ex-NYPD detective and business owner himself. Now in a different light. Mayor Eric Adams has announced the appointment of Garcia a hospitality industry veteran to lead the Office of Nightlife in its new home at the New York City Department of Small Business Services. Nice to chat with you, Mr. Garcia, in your new role.
2: Thank you, Dominic. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. It's always a pleasure to be with you.
3: And I feel the same. So New York City created its first nightlife advisory board. I believe it was 2018, uh, trailing cities like Amsterdam, Paris, London, and giving its nightlife businesses an advocate, being an advocate for nightlife businesses. What does that mean to you in your new role?
2: Well, that means that I can continue doing the work of advocating for nightlife businesses here in new york city now from the inside being their eyes and ears within city government being their liaison between the industry and the agencies that work within the nightlife community especially one um uh nypd
3: right your background so this is a job that's been around for a little while you're the second person to fill the role which was created by the de blasio administration in 2018. To our listeners, some may say, why in the world does New York City need an executive director of nightlife, a mayor, if you will, of nightlife? Why?
2: Well, um, very important. We are a $35 billion industry for the city of New York. Um, The hospitality industry employs uh, 300,000 plus employees. Um, it's what keeps uh, New York vibrancy. It you know it helps with tourism here. That's why people come to New York, as you said in your intro. It's the city that never sleeps, and nightlife is a big part of that.
3: A big part of it. Okay, uh, agreed. But but um, you know there there used to be a perception or or a concept, whatever term you want to use, that nightlife businesses were treated like a a nuisance that must be contained. What do you say to that, Mr. Garcia?
2: Well, I don't believe that that that's totally accurate, right? Um, And we realize that uh, since creating the office that the nightlife industry is one that's important to this city. Again, because of the economic opportunities that it brings to the city, the people it employs, Um, so we understand that it's an important part of our city and we need to make sure that we give it the support that it needs. And now, uh, also making sure that they work within our community, that they are part of our community. Um, so we understand the importance of this industry and what it means.
3: So including New York, 15 cities around the United States, including Washington, Pittsburgh, Orlando, New Orleans. Have created night mayors, if you will, the position to be a connection between local government and nightlife businesses. More than fifty cities around the world. It's a trend that started overseas. But most night mayors, in your capacity, if you will, do not have regulatory authority. It is I believe you don't as well. Correct? We do not know. Now, why is that? Why is there no regulatory authority? Well, the, obviously that's
2: left up to uh, the agencies. Um, we are a non-enforcement entity of the city, and we understand that that's the you know probably the best role for us, right? so that we can have the trust of the industry, of the folks to to really uh, work with them. Uh, we're an advocate for businesses, um, and now, especially under SBS, you know we have so many programs that are great for business. Um, so we understand that nightlife is more than just nightclubs. You know, it it creates a sense of community, uh, it's restaurants, it's bars. Um, and some of these places are, you know, have been there in communities for years and create are part of the fabric of these communities.
3: The Adams administration aims to the mayors talked about this to cut red tape, cut red tape for the nightlife industry. But could that cut corners with safety of New Yorkers that, that engage in nightlife?
2: Never, never. We understand that uh, safety is paramount. Um, and as you hear, the mayor, and we reiterate that, uh, public safety is a prerequisite to, uh, to a prosperous city. And, you know, we understand that as well.
3: Now, in your new role, Mr. Garcia, again, you know, uh, I have a lot of respect for you. You you, you gave a lot to this city, a detective for NYPD. Uh, does that mean that many of your hours are at nighttime now or, or you just oversee the nightlife and you still have a normal schedule?
2: Well, it's. Uh, a, a daytime job with a nighttime component is how, how I would put it. Um, a lot of the work that needs to get done when dealing with agencies, businesses, obviously have to be done during the day. But you have to have a good understanding of what's happening around the city at night and dealing uh, with these uh, businesses. So, yes, night uh, the nighttime is a component of it.
3: Okay, so what are some of the things you want to uh, bring to nightlife or to change nightlife in New York to make it a better experience for, for, for New Yorkers, for tourists? What are some of your ideas that we can expect to see in the very near future?
2: Well, one uh, that we just passed before the New Year uh, came in was Cure. It, which is the way um, NYPD engages with nightlife businesses. Um, and that's called uh, CURE, Coordinating a Unified Resolution with Establishment. And it basically changes the approach. Um, it involves our office right from the beginning. And obviously it gives these businesses an opportunity to work with the understanding that they're not going to have, you know, 15, 20 officers or different agencies come in at, on a midnight on a uh, Friday, after, Friday night um, and shut down their night. So I think that this approach uh, was music, uh, so to speak, to the industry's ears. And I think uh, we already started working in that capacity. We've already gotten calls from uh, NYPD and, and, and businesses. So we understand that um, it's working. And we're looking forward to the progress that we will make uh, with this new initiative.
3: We are chatting with Jeffrey Garcia, an ex-NYPD detective and business owner himself. Now in a different light, Mayor Adams announced the appointment of Mr. Garcia to lead the office of nightlife Uh, in its new home at the New York City Department of Small Business Services. He is the executive director. You have been quoted recently, Mr. Garcia, as stating not everything you know is in midtown Manhattan. What exactly does that mean?
2: Well, that... um Nightlife across this city is vibrant and that um, I hope that we can get folks to understand that we have great places in the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, and even Staten Island, uh, which I visited. So um, that is my hope is that, you know, with, with tourism, with everything that we do, that we can get folks to visit these outer boroughs, visit the nightlife establishments, get what the culture and vibrancies of these outer boroughs are. Um, as part as their as part of their visit into New York, but even within New Yorkers uh, within the city as well. Now,
3: to a business owner, Mr. Garcia, Mr. Garcia, that may be listening to you right now, that is completely frustrated and feels that the city does nothing except almost potentially ruin their business uh, with all the regulations and so on. What do you say to that business owner, Night Night? uh, nighttime business owner that may be listening to you right now.
2: Well, as a business owner myself and being in the industry, I understand what the needs and the desires are, right? How difficult it is to run a business in New York city. And we want to be collaborative in solutions for nightlife neighborhoods and public safety. One of the great things about being an SBS is how the agency helps businesses, um, and helps businesses hire, uh, hire workers and save money, so you know we are looking into all these initiatives within uh small business services and the, uh, where it 's housed now to look at different ways how we can help businesses
3: did you see yourself mr garcia i know I know you ran your businesses uh the Kingsbridge area of the bronx uh you you've done a lot of things. And, and of course, you've given your, your life to the city of New York. Well, and let me just backtrack before I wrap this up. Being a former NYPD detective, does that play any role in your new title as the quote-unquote mayor of nightlife for New York City?
2: Well, 100%. I, give, I believe it gives me... Um... Uh, especially with NYPD, when we go and talk to them, we've done several comps that within NYPD to talk about these new programs that we have, CURE. And I believe that it brings comfort that I understand um, what goes on within NYPD and the agency and also what happens in nightlife. So I can be that bridge between the businesses and the NYPD because I have a good understanding of both
3: sides as a former NYPD detective. And and so you just mentioned Comstat, uh, run out of one police plaza. You've been to those in your new role already?
2: Yes, I have. Um, to talk about our new program and to speak to the commanders uh, across this city, um, to let them know that they have another tool in their tool belt, so to speak, that we are here to work with them, that we are here um, hopefully to you know, uh, alleviate some of the work that they have to do and, and some of the calls that they have to take. Um, I've been making them aware of programs like Mend that we have, which is a program that uh, puts businesses and um, uh, people from the community together to work out solutions if they're having issues in their neighborhood, whether it be noise complaints or um, sanitation complaints within within the, the business. So it's a great program, and we're making um, NYPD aware of it, that it's another program that we have within the city that can be helpful.
3: Mr. Garcia, I close this way. To those listening to you right now, and you already alluded alluded to this with all the money that comes into the coffers for New York City in terms of nightlife. But for those that may uh, say, well, we uh, we don't need a mayor of nightlife, that it's a waste of taxpayer dollars, how do you respond to that?
2: i don't I don't believe that that's true being in this role now has made me even more aware of that than ever that um this industry needs and deserves to have someone to look after it and look after the businesses and be that liaison between the industry and also you know the agencies within the city. Uh, it is very comforting to the industry to know that they have somebody that's there to look out for them and understand that uh, city government is here as a tool for them as well.
3: Well, we look forward uh, to your initiatives. Um, I I know that uh, knowing you a little bit, you're a man on a mission and I think that's uh, an accurate statement. And I know you're going to bring a thousand percent to the job. Jeffrey Garcia the new executive director leading the Office of Nightlife for the New York City Department of Small Business Services. You're the executive director. We look forward to chatting with you in the future. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you, Dominic. And I hope that many um, new businesses now come to this city, feel encouraged with what's going on in the city, and say, you know what? This is a place where I want to open up a restaurant, bar, lounge, nightclub. Thank you. And
3: and folks, I see you're on hold. I apologize. We don't have time. Frank Marano, what do you have coming up quickly? Judge Andrew Napolitano and all
1: the legal issues Trump's facing.
3: Fantastic. Keep it right there. Frank Marano, the other side of midnight, coming up right after news headlines.